0: Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. What a week of sports it was between the PGA Tour and the NFL. It was so exciting. At the end of the day, Luke List is your winner at the Farmers Insurance Open. But Sleaze, my God, another near miss for us with our boys over at FanDuel. You picked Willie Z to get the job done, and my God, it looked like it was going to happen. And then at the end of the day, just another playoff loss for us, man. I mean,
1: sweet mother of God. Are we not like a couple playoff losses away from owning a small island in the Caribbean? I mean, these things, we got Russell Henley down in Hawaii, looked like he was going to get that thing done. Will Zalatoris this week, looked like he was headed towards the winner's circle as well. Shout out to Luke List, our boy, for getting that thing done. It was re- I was really happy to see Luke finally get that win. He's been waiting a long time. He had to wait a long time on that playoff too, but it was great to see Luke win. But damn, we are close to absolutely just printing printing money in these picks but if you had a top five or a top 10 or top 20 on those picks still some good chicken to be had but damn we are close to being on a straight up heater starting the year
0: so how about a friend of mine Slays? you'll love this because you're a degenerate just like i am and but right. my man is he texted me early in the week and he said i'm telling you right now luke list is going to be a factor this week he goes he figured out his putting he started working with this new putting coach and he is rolling the rock he goes trust me throw a little something on luke list Uh, well, I didn't, but my man did Luke list going off at 70 to one. He had 5k on him for a little $350,000 payout. He also bet him to top 10 and top 20 at the end of the week, $525,000 winner. I mean, how
1: many shitty pieces of advice do you take from friends? They're like, dude, I just played with so-and-so. He looks unbelievable. You got to fire on him this week. Then you take it and he misses the cut by about four or five. And then finally you get one that's actually good. Like, yo, Luke figured out his putting. He might be worth a little piece this week and damned if it didn't happen. By the way, I know the guy you're talking about. He loves to fire. This, is, yes, this doesn't know. affect his life one way or the other. The fact that he won this, but how about that little sweat for him? I mean, what, two hours to wait for the playoff and then the playoff happens. And wow. Uh, good week. Next time he texts us or texts anyone, I'm going to probably just maybe a nibble, maybe not 5k on an all out winner, but you know, something.
0: Yes. I mean, what a win for him. He almost made as much as Luke did. <laughs>
1: it's way easier than making birdies.
0: Yeah. Way easier. But I, have to, I just want to get it out of the way, Sleeze. I had here my we go. first on-air mess up. Here we go. You know, listen, it, people on Twitter are just brutal. I oh, mean, you know what we know. It. I mean, it's, don't not, say. it's not breaking news, but you know, here we are. We, uh, I, I had a very, I was very frustrated all day. It wasn't my best performance. You know, I was prepared to go out with the Justin Thomas group on Saturday for the final round. Justin Thomas, Billy Horschel, Maverick McNeely. I did a lot of homework on these guys. Talked to Butch Harmon about what he's been working on with Maverick McNeely. I was prepared. I was ready to go. I go out 30 minutes before the show starts. I'm walking with him. All of a sudden, we go three, two, one on air. Hey, Colt, by the way, go catch Luke List. He just told a bunker shot. So I'd move groups. So I was all flustered. Okay. We finished like two hours before Will's Zalatoris' group. I basically did nothing once Luke finished. I just sat there, worked my way back to the TV compound. They're getting ready to go to this playoff. Well, Mark Immelman was out there with the next last group, and Dottie had the last group. So I'm like, well, they're not going to use me. They're already out there. The compound's really far away from the 18th tee. All of a sudden, in my ear, I hear, Colt, get the 18. You're going to the playoff. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Parker, right there. Drive, drive fast. We got to go. So, you know, I carry that monitor around my neck so I can see the coverage if, you know, they're not showing a live live golf shot or anything. It also helps with the shot tracer. You can see where the ball's going if, if you happen to lose it in the sky. Well, as it was made very clear on TV, it was really dark out there. You know, it always looks lighter on TV, but it was very, very dark. So I made a rookie mistake by guessing. My man, Luke, gets over the tee, gets over the ball, sends it, immediately picks up the tee. I saw the ball take off, but then I lost it in the sky. Well, the volunteer behind Luke signals which way the ball's going. He signals dead straight with his, with his paddles. I'm like, well, that's got to be hammered right down the middle. And then I hear in my ear, uh, Colt, it flew in the bunker. I'm like, oh, out of bounds. Shit. <laughs> this is a problem. This is what I get for guessing. And I just got roasted on Twitter for it. I immediately apologized. I was like, dude, sorry, I lost it in there. But some of the people, things that people said to me, I'm like, my God, you would have thought I committed a crime. All I did was just say the ball was hammered down the middle and ended up going in the bunker. I immediately put out a tweet, and then I got thousands of replies showing support, telling me I did a good job. But for that five minutes, there were some very mean things said about me on Twitter.
1: I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, Twitter, not the friendliest environment in the world after an on-air mess up. I was sitting there watching it live, and um, like everybody else. And in your defense, dude, it did start down the middle. And Luke's reaction, like the quick tea pickup, typically yeah. that's like when a guy sees one and he's like, it's good, I don't even need to look at it. And mm-hmm. then you, you make the call and then they pan to it and it's in like the right side of the bunker and it has Bug. plugged, by the way. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, immediately before anything happened, I was like, oh boy, here it comes, here it comes Twitter. And sure enough, dude, I'm like, I know you're getting tons of shit. I start getting messages like, yo, your yeah. boy said this, yo, you got to wear him out on subpar this week. I can't believe he did that. I was like, guys, it here's, what- here's the deal. If you ever have a microphone in front of your face and you're live and you do that for an extended period of time or- you're gonna say some dumb shit it's just a, it's just the fact of life occasionally there will be some dumb shit said and it is what it is and it didn't change anything it's just like oh yeah it's in the actually it's in the bunker like who cares move on but people were coming at me like yo you got to kill him for this on so far i was like guys if i start killing people every time they say something bad on air <laughs> i'm gonna be in some deep shit because believe it or not as hard as it is to believe i think i've even said some dumb shit on air before time or two. A time or two. i'm a pro's pro you know that about me so It happens. It was, it's funny after the fact, it's one of those things in 10 years, you'd be like, Oh dude, I remember my first like officially on at CBS event. And I said, this thing was hammered. And every, by the way, every time you play with somebody now and you hit one wide right or wide left, they're going to say that to you. So just get ready for that. But at the end of the day, who cares, dude, it's not, it's not a big thing. Everyone is messed up. And for the record, I do like Nick Faldo, but it was way better than hearing about this quarterback sneak the entire time, which really made no sense to me. And I was like, I'm thinking he understands less about football. The more and more he talks about this thing, like, let's just let that go. But, anyways, (laughs) dude, it was, uh, it is what it is. You took some shit and you got in front of it, apologizing or taking, you know, owning up to it on Twitter, which is probably the best way to go.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to put it to bed. But I mean, some people saying, is there a more worthless broadcaster than Colt knows? I mean, (laughs) what a terrible call. I'm like, Dude, it was one tee shot. Like, relax, everyone. Oh, my
2: God, dude. People
1: messed up all the time. <laughs> it just happened to be in the playoff first shot. It is what it is. You move on. You fight another day. Twitter is going to tweet. That's what they do. And it's like I said, dude, you ever have a mic on you live and you do it for an extended period of time, you will say
0: something stupid. And yep. it just so happened, You did yours and you got it out of the way. Now you're good. Yeah. And I'll, I get to try to make up for it again at Pebble Beach this week. You know, I'll probably say something stupid again. We'll yeah, you should do whatever. one
1: like dude, you should do one wrong on purpose. and am like kidding, yeah. guys. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding, That's guys. in the
1: ocean. Not kidding. It's five feet away. It's going to even make
0: pretty. <laughs> I might do that. I might throw that out there. You we'll got see to. I go think go. you
1: just yeah play that up, dude. Just make one atrocious call and be like joking, guys. I actually saw this when It's three feet from the hole. Get over yourselves. Yeah, uh, hey. it was it was some good fun. And by the way, dude, uh, speaking of disasters, you you missed out on this fun. But we had our Whisper Out Club Championship this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, it's one day. First day is like qualifying slash seeding. You all go out, you play 18. Then they seed you top 16, make the championship flight. And then the defending champ is automatically the number one seed from last year. So that was Drew Kittleson. We go out there, dude. We're on the Phil tees all the all the way back. It is long. It is cold and it is blowing probably 20. It's tough out there. So I go out there, I'm not expecting a whole lot. And I somehow put together a great day of golf. I hit it about as good as I can hit it, more or less. Played with some good players. I was like, wow, I'm feeling pretty good going to this thing. I shoot minus one, 71. I tie for the second low score behind Scott Harrington, who's in the field. got 69, big lair, former guest, shoots 69. Great round of golf, by the way. But I'm like, perfect. All right, I'm second low out of the qualifiers. I'm going to get some guy that barely greases his way in. You know, it's to play him tomorrow morning. Get kind of like, it's not a buy, but it's like, all right, this guy barely got in. He shoots 79 or whatever. Kind of get a warm-up match. Uh, I'm sitting down there having a few cocktails. They come around, hand out the match play bracket. First round, Kevin Stadler. <laughs> sitting right next to him. I'm like, are you shitting me, bro? Tour, win- tour winner, first round. I normally get some, like, two handicap that barely greases. Yeah. Here shoots 100, and I clip him five and four, and I get a little warm-up. And I get fricking stats in the first round. He's like, dude, you'll kill me. I'm awful. I made everything today to shoot 78. I probably shouldn't even be in the club championship. I'm like, great. We go out the next morning cold. It's freezing and windy again, by the way. And through four holes, he was telling the truth. He snipes it on one, (laughs) has to take a drop, makes a double I'm one up. We part the next hole, he makes another bogey, another bogey on top. I'm like two or three up through four or five holes. And I'm like, oh my God, he wasn't lying. He does suck. I'm going to kill him. And after the fourth hole, dude, he plays, he goes back to old stats, hits it beautifully. It is howling out there. It's hard to get the ball on the green. He shoots four under from that point on. I get dirt nap on the 17th 17th green. So I get a first round exit from the club champion. He goes all the way through, plays in the finals against Scott Harrington, who beat Bryce Mulder in the semifinals. It was a hell of a field actually for this week, but um, I had a first round exit in the club championship for the first time. It was a bit demoralizing.
0: Listen, even the Bulls back in MJ's day lost every once in a while, dude. Good point, dude. Good point. It, it happens. but the revivalry for, for stats, but you missed the fun week, but um, it was also freezing and windy, not my yeah, cup of tea. Sunday, as we're getting ready for football, um, I was talking to Connor Trias about the, the bracket, and he, he read off the semifinals, which consisted of Scott Harrington, Bryce Mulder, Drew Kittleson, and Kevin Stadler. And I was like, how crazy is this that the most recent PGA Tour winner of that group is probably the biggest underdog? And Kevin yeah. yeah, dude, we got uh, well, our good friend, our good friend, the doctor, he
1: acts as the sports book for this event, yeah. so he handicaps every match, you got over-under, you got money lines, you got prices, when the semis came out, the text goes out to all the idiots that are going to bet on this, of course, with the over-unders, Stads was the, was the uh, biggest underdog to win the yeah. actual, and I'm like, he won the Phoenix Open, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He hasn't been playing his best golf over he the hasn't. last few years. I was hoping I'd catch him on one. I was like, where are these 79s? I keep seeing down in you know, shit burger events out there and <laughs> you come out here and shoot four under on this monster today. Uh, but he does look a lot better. Um, he played some good golf. I know in the next couple matches too. So he's going to play a corn ferry tour event soon. So hopefully he gets oh thing righted and get some, get some chances out there, but um, hell of a week out here, but I got clipped early.
0: Uh, took a little wind out of my sails. Well, I've yet to play a club championship at Westbrook. The scheduling just never works out. I'm hoping one day, I can throw my name in there and try to get on the cover of that magazine.
1: It's kind of good, though, because it's hard as shit to win, and you're going to lose to one of your buddies because they're all the good players. Oh, and then you got to eat it. Uh, you could lose – you could beat them 99 times 100. If they beat you during that one week, it's like bragging rights for forever. So for a year. Unless you win, it's all downside.
0: No doubt about all it. All downside. Well, I'm out here at Pebble Beach, Sleaze. I'm going to be playing some golf this week. i got Cypress Point coming up. i got the Preserve, and I'm going to call some golf for CBS. But when i get out to Cyprus, i'm going to be hitting my new callaway rogue st driver this thing is incredible it's the company's fastest most stable driver ever with industry leading innovations that create a breakthrough in performance it's got an all-new tungsten speed cartridge that places specific weight up to 26 grams low and deep in the head for increased stability and high moi i just got my new one my god this thing goes so straight it is ridiculous it's the best driver i've ever hit and as the industry leader in artificial intelligence they have lowered spin and increased forgiveness in their face optimization formula rogue was the most played model at the century tournament of champions this year and if you want to find out more about about the new driver go to callawaygolfcom golf.com slash rogue drivers that's callawaygolfcom slash rogue drivers there's four models the rogue st max which is callaway's best combination of distance and forgiveness that fits the majority of players the rogue st max d dedicated draw model for players who need the most shot shape correction, the Rogue ST Max LS, stronger trajectory, lower spin, and more neutral ball flight, and then the one I'm playing, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, a compact, low-spin head for better players. Once again, go visit CallawayGolf.com slash RogueDrivers and get yours today if you want to drive it like a god. Callaway, the best driver in the game. So, I'm not kidding you. This thing, it's unbelievable how straight it goes. You missed it? Triple
1: Diamond LS. I'm waiting for that quadruple diamond.
0: Okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get you on the program.
1: If they got the quadruple coming out, I'm in the
0: market. All right, well, we got a very special guest joining us this week. The new and improved Scott Stallings. A lot of made about the weight loss. At one point, I believe he was down 80 pounds, but now he is just a brick shithouse. The man is in shape. He works out like an NFL linebacker and is really, really fun to sit down and talk with.
1: He's like Jonah Hill. Every time I see, I don't know which size he's gonna be. <laughs> every time I see him, he could be big, he could be super skinny. I don't know, but he's figured out the the, the right weight for him. And damn, dude, when you, I mean, we get into it clearly, but the, it doesn't happen by accident. That dude gets after it, and hell of a
0: hell of a stick too. Yeah, three-time PGA Tour winner here he is, Scott Stallings on Golf Sub Park.
1: All right, we got a certified meat eaten weight lifting tweet making son of a gun with us here today three-time pga tour winner former scottsdale resident and then he left us to head back to the motherland back in tennessee now scott stallings how are we brother
2: good man thank you guys for having me good to have you that here one of the better intros i've had you like that yeah that'll that, that be your best yet actually <laughs> I think so with anyone
1: well shit All right i'm getting better 100 episodes in i'm starting to figure out this intro i like it you know you brought a little gift with you, too, I by did. the way, straight from the yeah, motherland.
2: Yeah, a Tennessee this, whiskey. Yeah, Tennessee whiskey, straight from the motherland. I like and
0: I don't that. mean to disrespect you, but I've been in Vegas the last two days, and I'm going to hydrate you a little sound, bit. You sound good, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a rough one. Yeah, <laughs> you well, sound we, good.
2: When we talked on the phone earlier, it's like, oh, I know where he's at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was on
0: my couch dying. I got a
1: FaceTime, <laughs> what was it, last night or whatever, and I was like, so back for tomorrow for the show. Yeah, you'll be in good shape. This
0: will mm-hmm. be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Perfect. perfect. Well, let's get to know Scott Stallings a little bit. I want to. I when I was looking at your bio, I didn't realize you were on site at the 1997 Masters when Tiger won.
2: No, I was not on. Site. Okay, well then you need to fire Wikipedia the people again. At, no, no, no. PGAtour.com. no, no Pga that's, Yeah, some that's of the, messed some up. Of the, I mean,
0: I was so excited. I was like, God man, This internet yeah. is ruining hey, our credibility. Do you bill.
2: remember like when you you get your card at Q School? When'd you get how'd you get your I card went to Q key?
0: school right out of school and got on the corn ferry okay. and then I top twenty five. Okay.
2: So I got it when, you know, I finished whatever and then where you had your it was nationwide at the time, uh-huh. but then you kinda got like a free run at finals. Yes. So you had yeah. your card but then you could go and try. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you remember, like, you get your card, you go to orientation, and they ask you all those questions. That info that's on there is probably from that same orientation 12 years ago. Dude, I was two of my you questions make were up about so asking much shit. About 97 <laughs>
0: Masters. <laughs> yeah.
1: your turn. I saw the same yeah. thing. I, I, saw, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. You can just yeah. make sure that like, shot 59 for the first time at age 9, knew yeah. I was going to be a pro. But, I mean,
2: you get your tour card, <laughs> and you're filling out that information, and they're talking to you about, like, tax IDs and health insurance. You're like, man, I just achieved, achieved my, like, lifelong dream of getting my tour card I don't know what I'm writing right now. Yeah, Tiger won the Masters in 97, and I quit everything. Like, I played all different sports. It said you were on site. It's, yeah,
1: it
0: said you are on property.
1: Damn it. We, it blew it with, uh, who was it, Kisner, too. It said Kisner actually went to UJ and got a law degree or some shit. I was like, no, oh, what?
0: He was accepted to University of Georgia oh, Law he's, School. Oh, that's what it was. He was accepted. Oh. And he's like, no, it wasn't. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I was like
1: dude, you went to law, Are you got accepted to law school? It's like, no. I was like, well, never
2: mind. Next question. So yeah. the
0: internet's blowing it for us. So, yeah. you, but you did play everything as, as a kid growing Every, up before. Yeah,
2: all, all the different sports. like Give it, us the posi-
0: position by position in sports.
2: All right. So, uh, first base and I pitched and baseball, soccer, I kind of ran around everywhere. I never really played like competitive basketball. It was more like church league, so I was in the streets. Street, <laughs> church league is
0: very in yeah. the street. Church league <laughs> in the streets. foul.
2: Right. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Take two points. What uh, age did you know though, that? Golf was kind of your sport.
2: Uh, and, I mean, the Masters story is real. I don't know exactly what information that was. But, I mean, I made my first hole-in-one. Uh, my birthday is the last week in March. The Masters is always the first week in April. I made my first hole-in-one right before that. And then Tiger goes out there and wins. And I'm like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, make your first hole-in-one. You're on such a golf high. And then you see this kid that and just wears everybody out. And I was supposed to go to baseball practice like that early – you know part of april start getting ready for the next season called coach like i'm not doing this anymore
1: that's awesome i wonder say, how many how guys play golf?
2: and then all my friends are like you're an idiot and you know yeah
1: until tiger i mean so many people are like that's the moment when i knew i was gonna mm-hmm. play i wonder if tiger had just gone out there and laid an egg and shot a couple of 75s and gone home if how many like lives would be different guys that are now on tour like, ah, i didn't really get into golf because nobody was making it cool
2: yeah it's a totally different thing and uh you know, I met him my rookie year and then I got to play with him the first time my second year on tour at Memorial in the second to last group on Saturday. So, I mean, there's people out there. Yeah, <laughs> Just a few and, a couple. I, I'm, you know, those green tents they have mm-hmm. right there on all the, you know, one, one and ten. And I like had a plan in my mind of what I was going to say. You know, I'd talk to him twice, maybe ever. I almost missed my tea time at because I was watching him hit balls my rookie year. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know he hit in the back. And I just tried to – I mean, the range is so small, I just went wherever I could find to someone, and he was back there. I was like, this is sweet. Like I mean, I hit four balls and went and shot probably 77. <laughs> just rolled out there. But that's what he does. Word yeah, means- 100%. But I walk right up to him. I said, man, I'm not going to ask you for anything. I just want to say thank you. I said, you made some kid from Tennessee want to come out here and chase it. And not very often that people get to go in the competitive environment of the tour or whatever that is and be able to play with the guy that, you know, made you want to pursue that. And he almost like didn't know what to say. He's like, and we got in the middle of number one fairway. He's like, man, thanks. Like so many people, I guess, ask him for all different things or sign stuff or kind of whatever, but I just wanted to tell him, thank you. So man, I probably wouldn't have been, you know, anywhere close to where I am if you hadn't have inspired a whole generation of golf and, I mean, none of us would be doing what we are if it wasn't for that. All that PIP money, just send it right to him. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, kidding. He what? Did. Well,
0: what'd you shoot that day?
2: Uh, we both shot seventy three. Okay, Well item. So we both shoot seventy three. Everyone has Tiger stories. Like we can just go there. That's fine. Yeah, we love them. Uh, and it was like, what's the most impressive thing you've seen on tour? And like, I played with six guys when they were number one in the world. Like when they were number one, they were all impressive in their own right. But this was the one that was like. We're on a different level here. Uh-huh. We both shoot 73, and it's like a kind of a scrappy. Like, we both made a couple birdies to shoot 73. And we're walking up 18, hit the green. And he's, he said, You know, thanks for playing. You know, enjoyed the day. You know, good luck tomorrow. He said, 67. I'll see you in a playoff. It's like, bro, we're in like, 18th or whatever it's like when switching we're gonna go out a little bit earlier he said i think 67 gets in a playoff i think that that'll be good enough you know just kind of the way that the course is gonna play it's kind of dried out i'm like but did you see like i feel good that we shot (laughs) because if you go and watch it's the when he changed shoes and he makes like a 30 footer on 18 shoots 66 win by two and i'm standing on the side you know when he goes and shakes jack's hand i'm standing like i played in the group in front and I signed my card, and I was like, he knew. Yeah. And he did it. That's Damn. incredible. And I was like just standing on the green like 24 hours before he told me he was going to do this, and he did it. Damn. <laughs> that was awesome. Kid knows. <laughs> yeah, he ain't no he knows rookie. A thing or two.
1: Yeah, it ain't no hobby. Well, going back to how you got into the game, I'm interested because – you said you, you played all the sports. You gave them up. You go to, you know, you're from Oak Ridge. Is it Oak Ridge, Tennessee? Yeah, you come up. You, be, you become all-state in golf, right? And then you go to Tennessee Tech, which isn't a golf powerhouse, quote-unquote. <laughs> by, by no means. I wouldn't say. But you're all-state player. Like, is that because other schools – did you not get looks from other schools or did you just want to stay local in Tennessee?
2: I mean, recruiting was so different. I mean, I'm 36 now. And just, like, seeing all the stuff, especially anything with college now with all the NIL stuff, I mean, it's truly the wild, wild west. But, I mean – I probably made a mistake that ended up paying off for me. I mean, I put all my hopes and dreams in going to the University of Tennessee. Like, I wanted to wear orange and white. I wanted to go to Neyland Stadium on Saturdays. I wanted to play golf in the SEC. And basically anyone that showed any interest, I was kind of pot committed that I was. that's where I was going to go. I was going to play, and you know, that's where I was going to be. And then it kind of came down to it, and uh, the coach kind of maybe saw otherwise or kind of thought that I was coming no matter what. And, you know, there wasn't ever really an offer. It was more just, hey, you have a place on the team. And that was kind of it. It's like, man, you know how many things I just turned down to do this? And, uh, you know, ended up kind of 11th hour. Mm-hmm. I'd originally committed to Chattanooga, then went and met the guys over there at Tech and, you know, became some of my best friends in the world. And, you know, I probably kept me hungry. And I had an old-school coach that played on tour back in the 70s. And, you know – kind of always had a foot in my rear end and, you know, kicking me in the right direction. And, you know, we're now we're about to start our 12th year on tour. Yeah. yeah. Down. <laughs> Chip yeah. on your
1: shoulder, too. There's something to be yeah. said for that, too.
0: And I, and I know for, like, for me, like, going into college, I didn't know if I was going to be able to play on the PGA Tour. Like, it was just kind of like, let's see what happens in college. Were you a guy that, like, from day one, you're like, I'm getting to the PGA Tour and that's it? Or was it, let's go play golf, see what's happened, and then maybe I'll get a degree and figure it out?
2: No, I was one of those guys that, like, you played in any, like, big – Tournament in college. I mean, we played in the Ohio Valley Conference. Like, I remember I was All American, and I went to the All American tournament uh-huh. in, uh, El Paso. Tech, yeah, in El Paso. Yeah. And you know, every they let one D two player of the year come in, and the lady thought that my school was D two. Uh-huh. And I went to NCAA as a Crosswater. I mean, we took like a hundred airplanes to get there, and that was the first time <laughs> I ever knew like a college program flew private. And I would the Ohio, Oklahoma State checked in right before I did, and I'm like, how did y'all get here? He's like, oh, we just flew here. Yeah. I'm like, to where? He's like, oh, like right over there. I'm like, I connected seven times to get there. <laughs> and I checked in, and the lady asked me if I was at the right place. Ouch. I, I, just, I mean, kind of like little thing, And it wasn't intentional, but, I mean, you play at a small school, and then you kind of go. But that was kind of the moment that, um, like, all right, I think I can do this. and. You know, up until then, it was sort of like a okay, we'll see well, what happens. Yeah, and it
0: all happened pretty quickly. I mean, I know you spent a little time on the Jicky Jacks, as the sleaze likes to tell you, But that's where that's where you really cut your teeth. Yeah, that's but you got out on the on, on the Alcorn Ferry tour, and then immediately get your PGA Tour card through Q School. I love Q School stories. I miss Q School. I think it's we, we talk about it with a lot of guys. It's the best TV in golf. 100. And like it's they the, need to do
2: that Netflix thing. Like they brought yes. back like all the crazy stuff, and people would dive into that especially all the golf fans i mean everything that happens in q school the great the bad the yeah. scary mm-hmm. stuff that keeps you up at night <laughs> like, i mean cause, and you finished i believe round. tied
0: for 11th at years but mm-hmm. and it was your second try at q school mm-hmm. but tell us that moment of when you got your card playing that like that last day is always my favorite talking about that because i, I don't know if anyone's ever slept through the night before the final round of q school
2: yeah so Nothing, you're you're always you you know where you are like I mean it's not a surprise in the year before I missed like a 10 footer on 18 at Bear lakes to get my card ultimately probably the best thing that ever happened because fast forward probably 14 months I missed my first five cuts on tour and just get my head beat in and you know definitely fast learning curve but so you' you're going the night before in Orlando the weather was awesome but if you go back to any of the video we're like dressed like we're about to go skiing it dropped like 40 degrees. I mean, holes we were hitting wedges into, like 18 was like a driver and like a max nine iron, maybe to like a back pin. And 18, I hit driver six iron as good as I possibly could to like a front left flag. I mean, just the course was totally different. And, but kind of the first part of that week, Scott Brown told me on the fourth hole at the Panther course, he said, if you don't get your card here, you're never getting it. Because it was just like a perfect setup for yeah. me, the way that the golf courses were playing. And so, I mean, he was right. You know, everything worked out. But what I remember from, I birdied 17. I was inside the number kind of playing around. I birdied 17, and then I hit a good shot on 18, and I made it to kind of, like, guarantee I was. But we had to wait in scoring forever because Horschel was in our group, and he, he, Double D was caddying for him, and he had asked him what the number was. And they, had, they were kind of figuring out what they were playing in the shot, and they basically stood on the back of the green and just kind of had it out because they had told him one thing, and ended up not – well, Will Stribling, I think that was his name, he he bogeys 18 and Billy gets in.
0: Will Strickler? Strickler. Man, man yeah.
2: that's a long time ago. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot that's happened since then. I, I'm sorry, man. I completely butchered cool. your name. I think but it was
0: Will Strickler, yeah. Will there Strick- is a Will Strickler. I don't know if that was, was him or not. There is, I don't know. Will, he played in Florida. That's Strickler. That's no, Strickler, Strickler. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, Will. Will Strickler. Uh, and, <laughs> He's uh, all right. But he he ended up bogeying, and the number moved, and Billy got in. Oh, my but, God. But, I mean, achieve a dream, finally get my card, everything, and we're just sitting and scoring. And, like, what's going Like, what do we do? Like, this is a card you're going to add and check. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not leaving 17 Billy Horschel and
0: Don Donatello just don't need to be a team together. <laughs> Let's get that straight. That is Those two personalities don't go together.
2: But, I mean, Billy's had a hell of a career. He and, has. and everything that taken place. But just a very, like, surreal finish to finally achieving mm-hmm. a dream. And then it's like. Is, is everything going to be okay? There's, I mean, it was probably 10 minutes, but right. it, felt, it felt way longer than that.
1: And that's great. Like, Billy gets in because of a bogey. He slides in. You never know, like, the domino effect of what mm-hmm. would have. happened. you birdie the last two, so you're at least feeling good and you're not sweating it out. You pretty much know it's just, like, what spot am I going to be in. Mm-hmm. But the year before, you mentioned you missed by one. Go back to that one because I know, I mean, the closing holes, I'm sure you remember them. Yeah. What that was like, just knowing you're on the bubble the whole time.
2: I mean, and I never had status anywhere, so it was kind of like, all right, I played good enough, like, I'm going to have full status in some form or fashion, but you know, coming down the stretch, I hit some good shots on 18, and it was like a probably like an eight footer. And I remember watching the finals because kids was 26 too. We were in 26th place, and that was when all 25 got it. We sat in the clubhouse at Bear Lakes, and we just watched. And him and I were just like, "What do you think?" Because if someone made a bogey, we were mm-hmm. both going to get in. Yeah, and you know, it worked out all right for us. <laughs> yeah, but at it the did. time, you know, you you look at it and you know. The stories from Q School, man, they just kind of stick with you. And you, know, you look back at it, I mean, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was. There's incredible and stories. And there's tragic
0: stories. But, I mean, God, I'm with you. Like, this Netflix thing that just got announced that's coming out, if they did a Q School one, my goodness.
2: I mean, just the stuff that goes back and forth. <clears throat> like, I mean, everyone sees that putt, the, the guy hit the back of the hole. Everyone thinks that that was the <laughs> – I mean he misses up, but that was the day before. Yeah, Joe even Daly last day. Yeah. Joe Daly.
1: Joe Daly. I ended up playing some jigs <laughs> with him a number of years later and I don't I don't think he ever got over it.
0: Yeah, uh, but, but everybody <laughs> does think that like that was like the next to last hole on the last yeah. day. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. but he still had a hole Yeah. That was a really bad break, but
2: Yeah, horrible break. But you know, he ends up missing out and, you know, kinda of sees different things like that. But but yeah, I I definitely miss Q School and as far as I, I don't miss it. Like personally, yeah, you just miss like, watching. Just, but do you miss Q School personally? Well, now, I, can, now I, I Now I now I want it. it back. But playing it, hell no. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I was one of the guys. I double bogeyed the last hole one year and thought I missed, but ended up getting my card on the number. I
1: mean, to double I mean, bogey the hundred yard Go in and no, I just doubled it. Eighteen yeah. at TBC or at uh, PJ West.
0: Yeah, dude, I was. My caddy told me I had Nicholas. to make bogey, and I I made double, and I thought life was over. I just lost my tour card before and. Went in, tears were coming down, and uh, Johnny, the scoring official, goes, you're all right. You're going to finish T27, but two guys ahead, you already have their card. And it was like the greatest moment ever.
2: Man, that's like a
0: Roberto Castro and Mark Anderson. I walked God in the bless your and said, souls. whatever y'all want is on me right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the other weird thing about that is like 25 and ties. Everybody gets it. Yeah. So like your fate, when you finish up, if you're not, you know, when one of the later group, you finish up your life, as it feels like at the time is in the hands of other people. If you're like, right, I need a boat. Like somebody's got a bogey and you don't control anything and you're just mm-hmm. sitting there and waiting. Hopefully somebody backs up. It's the, It's the most intense pressure in the world.
2: So when how did that work? Because I know how it is now. you know. So a guy comes off the corn ferry so, and finishes in the 25. They don't take another spot. No, this
0: was in 2011, so they were trying to improve their number. Oh, okay. So they don't count. If they finish inside the top 25, they don't count against the number. Okay. So I double bogey 18. We're T27, but those guys are obviously removed, so we go to T25. It's me, John Huh, and Nathan Green. And John Huh ends up winning Rookie of the Year, I think, the next year. Wow. If I make bogey, he doesn't even have his card. Yeah, ends up wins, wins Maya and wins Rookie of the Year, I think. Wins like two point four million. I was like, Hey, hey, John, how about a little kickback over <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah, you could write
1: a book about all yeah. that. Just the, like I said, the butterfly effect of all that. He made bogey, so he got in. And then he wins Rookie of the Year, goes on to win all the mm-hmm. shit, and makes eight billion dollars. He would have been on the Corn Prairie Tour, you know. It's just it's yeah. not.
0: Well, you you get your card, which is obviously goal number one, and then you have an interesting rookie year. You obviously win, but I want to go back because as you mentioned, you know, you you have to have a very slow start. And I'll say the win was important, but maybe the sponsor exemption you got into Tampa was more important than anything Yeah, because that kind of got you going.
2: Correct. So this week is the week of Sony and everyone's like, why don't you play there? I mean, I had such like sticker shock there. You, yeah, Everyone's like, Oh, you need to stay at college. You need to do this. Like, yeah, I'm a rookie. Like, let's go do it. Hit it right behind a tree on nine on Friday. I'm right on the cut number downwind par five. Like if you hit the fairway, the easiest got- haul on tour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you hit the fairway yeah. there downwind, like, nine iron, what, eight iron max, short iron. For you. Yeah,
0: yeah. okay. Like, I have hit wedge into it, but I've also hit more.
2: Yeah, but straight downwind, like, yeah. man, that's what you want. Yeah. You're finishing, drove it right behind one of the palm trees on the right, pitched it through the fairway, chipped it up short, had, like, a four-footer, horseshoe it, missed the cut on number, and got, like, a $2,700 hotel bill, and, like, I thought I was going to have a hard time. <laughs> so I haven't played the <laughs> Sony Open very often. But, yeah, missed the first five cuts, and – my first ever cut at Puerto Rico and thankfully uh Kenny Perry helped me out big time he was sponsored by transitions at the time and I mean he was like a more big brother maybe more like a I don't know sometimes I felt like he yelled at me like I was one (laughs) of his kids but like a huge influence in you know the early part of my career and you know was kind enough to help me get a spot and uh I would consider the sixth fairway practice round probably one of the most like Motivating, humbling, uh, embarrassing conversations. Have you ever ever seen in your tour career or any golf, in a practice round, letting people play through?
0: No. We did. Okay.
2: So we played all these practice rounds. I finally made my first cut the week before in Puerto Rico. Kenny helps me get in there. and We're playing a practice round, and it was like total blackout. Like, I mean, if it was going in the air, like it was at the pin – I eagled one, like, made a couple other birdies. We're in that, you know, downhill dogleg right, number mm-hmm. six. I got an eight iron, the pins, wherever it is in the green, and I make it. <clears throat> like, he's like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm done watching you play good in these practice rounds. Um, Like, all this good golf that I know you can play, it, I'm done. Like, you're going to figure it out. Like, you are going pl- right. to play good in this tournament. Like, I know you're capable. I don't know what you do in the tournament rounds, but he said, this. you're clearly not doing this. And when we let groups play through, this is right with the bend, you know, coming down probably like 180, 175 mm-hmm. out. Every time I get there, I'm like,
0: <laughs> "This is where it happened." That's
2: where it happened. And he told me everything that he thought. So That's it's just you, and KP, though. in the middle of the fairway. Playing, he's
1: bitching <laughs> at you about why don't you do this in regular terms? We're playing and groups Blake, are playing, through. We're playing with
2: Blake Adams and Josh Teeter. And you know, Kenny could have cared less about what we were doing, like whatever bet we had or game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just. I'm going to let you know what I think. And this is the moment that it happened. And I'm like, yeah. yo." He's like, that's awesome. You made a two in a practice. That doesn't mean anything out here. Like, and just as far as like being able to carry it over. Fast forward, I'm in one of the last groups. I'm playing with Webb on Sunday. And Kenny calls me, takes me to dinner. He's like, this is how you're going to feel. This is what you're going to do. This and that. Hit it in the water on 16, make double, end up finishing third. But, I mean, the way that the shuffle and everything worked, I mean, I just went from like, nowhere mm-hmm. to like where i could actually kind of make a schedule
0: that's so cool though. i mean because there's i mean there's obviously veterans that take young guys under their wing but to give them a full-blown ass chewing in a, in a fairway <laughs> I mean, a like, that, that, just... w-
2: that was like as as nice of a like a ridicule or a like just like you know call to the carpet mm-hmm. of like man you're going to do this or you're not and i mean that's kind of the way i took it and then kind of fast forward to Greenbrier, i'm playing good i played good on saturday and I'm playing with Anthony Kim.
1: Yep. Final oh, round.
2: Man, so good. we to dig into that in a minute. So good. Uh, and uh, Saturday night, he's like, "All right, dinner. We're going." First ever final group. Like you kind of know a little bit of what to expect, but like it's going to be different. And go out and shoot four over on my first nine, mm-hmm. and I just started remembering like some of the stuff that he said, and you know, different things as far as like, all right, you know, you could feel this, you could do this, you could do that, and. I mean, those kind of things kind of stuck with me. But, um, you know, super fortunate to have a guy like that kind of pour into me. And but the sixth fairway at Innisbrook, I'll never forget. Yeah. Career changer. I knew y'all were close, right but I didn't know
0: it was it was like that. That's really cool and, to hear.
2: So Justin was is same age as me, mm-hmm. and it's like you're about to get like it's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know I know what this what that voice is, and most of the time it's pointed at me. Mm-hmm. It's about to happen. And Kenny's like the nicest guy. Oh, the, you wouldn't think like there, there outside looking in. There was a single in. curse word or anything, but I, he had my full attention. <laughs>
1: like, the nicest ass-chewing in the history. <laughs> Change your whole – and then he takes you to dinner before Green Bar, before the final round. Like you said, you got AK four over on the front. At that point at the front, where you like, well, this is done. Let me just try to have another good fit. Let me get a top five or something like that. It was winning still. Because no, he made a lot of birdies on that back nine.
2: No, I had, I had hit one fairway on the front. And number ten at Greenbrier, and it, this is when the tournament was in August. So I mean, you're already at a little bit of elevation, and it was hot, and the ball was going forever. And we get to number ten, and it was like a like five wood, three woodish. It's like I'm hitting a four iron. It's like I just want to hit the fairway, like all that just put me in the fairway, and I can somewhat get it up there around the green. And I hit the fairway, like the ball is in the midair, and my caddy Josh at the time was like, "There's one." <laughs> And then it just kind of went on from there, and it was it happened quick.
1: Your first final group, like you said, you know, going in Sunday, and you got AK, who I mean, people love the guy. That was a, that was what twenty eleven? I mean, twenty eleven. That was right before he, you know, stopped playing. But people love that guy. What is that? I mean, first time ever in a final group. That's a dude to have with you. That'd yeah. be mayhem and, out and there.
2: To be honest, we didn't speak very much because we both played so bad. Like I was like over in my part of the woods, and like he was in his part of the woods, and like. You know, you're not like walking down the middle of the fairway and be like, "Oh, I got 148." You got one, like I'll go. Like it's not like we weren't even close, like to even have those kind of conversations. I birdied, I bugged 17 uh, in regulation. I birdied 18, and I mean, he just told me good luck in the playoff. And I mean, that was kind of the only words that we really had, other than like randomly good shot. Good luck today. But, yeah, that was kind of good it. luck in the playoff. Just I whiffed it basically on number two tee off number one and. You know, he hit it wherever, and
1: uh. he shoot seven. He shot like seventy four that day, and he was coming off. A, I know he shot sixty two on Saturday mm-hmm. to get in that final group. I think he shot seventy four on Sunday, well, which is not like we, a, we
2: were well on our way to eighty, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially myself. Uh, you know, early out. So I mean, it was obviously a life changing event, a life changing round. But you know, just the kind of the. It's like, oh, you shot sixty nine. You kind of held it together. It's like, nope. There's a kind of a <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Exactly. And the, but that's
0: kind of how like your career is. <clears throat> honestly, I mean, you yeah. you miss a lot of cuts. You have a lot and of high win. finishes, which yeah. is fine. I mean, you'd rather have a lot of top tens than a lot of 50th, I yeah. mean, But what is that? Is what is that about your game? Do you think that? I mean, obviously, you would like to be more, very, very consistent. But like you said, it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde.
2: Yeah, very much so. And it's I've definitely kind of got myself into a little bit the last few years of my career. Not necessarily, like, I would say safer. But as you gain more experience, you kind of know, like, what not to do. Mm-hmm. I and mean, then you kind of play yourself in a way. But when you come out as a rookie, it's like, all right, there's a pin. I'm going to hit it at it. And which buds itself to a lot of missed cuts. But when you pull it off, it's like, man, I'm going to have some chances. And, you know, you get in the world of analytics and, you know, kind of figuring it out. And I started working with Hunter Stewart kind of beginning, probably the end of, you know, two years ago. So it's probably one full season. And he did my review at the end and he goes, I need you to stop being you every week.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: What else? what else? And I was like I was like, Man, you need to explain that. He said, You have no variance. He said, Variance is how you make, you know, huge gains and have the big weeks. He said, you know, you basically you know, you drive it okay, hit your irons pretty good, you kinda of put average and you chip pretty good. He said, But you do that, you do you basically flatline. You don't gain, you don't lose, and you kind of basically stay where you are. He said but in order to like really make a splash like you have to have one of those like plus 10 putting weeks or mm-hmm. you know a scrambling week where you you don't don't get up and down and so a little bit of a strategy a little bit of it's you know kind of course management and uh <clears throat> kind of put myself in some more spots where i have a chance to do what i'm the best version of myself in and I mean, Napa was a perfect example. I've never finished inside the top twenty-five in Napa. And he said, "I'm going to give you a different strategy off some of the tees to get yourself in this bucket of yardages as many times as you can." I shoot one under on Sunday playing with Max and finish sixth. Uh-huh. And all I did was just kind of adjust some of my tee shots just to try to get it where I could hit this like area, which is which I'm one of the best at for me, and just try to do some more of that kind of stuff. What's that area? that week it was a nine iron I was just trying to give myself as many opportunities especially some of those holes like where it wants you to play back or try to force it up I mean if it wasn't like like 10 it's not like I'm gonna lay back on purpose like I'm gonna hit the fairway and hit it up there and deal with it but you know some of the other tee shots like I would either force it way up there or kind of play back just to where I give myself more of an opportunity to kind of play from that number
0: it's crazy how many guys now are all, that stuff. all analytics. I mean, they have, they have their stats guys out there. They're going over everything. Uh, it plays a big part.
2: Yeah, I mean, our margin for error is zero. And uh, Hortzie, uh works with a few guys uh-huh. out there, and I met with him uh, a couple years ago at uh, – it would have been Liberty National, so it was the first playoff event. He's like, I'm going to give you one number. I'm like, man, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to change my career. But a little <laughs> bit of perspective as far as, like, truly, like, how razor thin the margin is. He said 58. I was like, man, unbelievable score. It's like, nope. He said, that's your variance. 58 shots in a year. So he said 29 shots this way, you make the Tour Championship. 29 shots the other way, you lose your card.
1: Oh, wow. shit. That's crazy when you break it down <laughs> yeah. like that. I, I mean,
2: you think of how many shots we have and how many yeah. tournaments and how mm-hmm. many this and how many that. I was like, hundredth on the FedEx Cup, something like that. Like, you know, fine. I'm there. I'm the playoffs. Make a run. See what happens. And that's what he said. Fifty-eight shots. Your fifty-eight shot, twenty-nine one way from Tour Championship, twenty-nine the other way. From- wow, that's cool. That's
1: great. In like 25, 20, I'd, whatever. I events. had played
2: like twenty-seven tournaments.
1: Couple of run- a couple of tournament.
2: Yeah, that's and crazy. Just start to see the difference in far as like. I mean, it was as enc- as it it was as encouraging and like. Oh wow! At the same moment, yeah. Those
0: stat guys—they put out cool stuff. Like, I, one of the guys—I think it's Lou Stagner on Twitter—I believe—put out um, in the year 2000, which was obviously when Tiger won everything. He's like Tiger Woods from 125 and in hit like 79 percent of his greens. Mm-hmm. He goes, "So all you 15 handicappers out there that think you should go at every flag, well, no matter what yard you are, here's the best year in golf ever, and he missed a lot of greens from they inside of
2: 125. Two out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I it's saw. It's crazy. The other one of like you know proximity, like. Rough green percentage with sandwich on tour Mm -hmm. is like way lower than what you think. And you see, like, these college and like junior kids are like, I'm in the rough, but I got a sandwich, and like, I'm gonna flag it. Like, when you we hit, like, 65% in the green mm-hmm. from the rough from with the sand wedge. And
1: the distance from the hole, too. Like, yeah. people say, like, oh, that's the difference between pros. You give them a wedge, and they, they're hitting it within 10 feet. Like, no, dude, go look from 120 what the tour average is, and it's, like, 21 feet that's or right, something. 18 you know I mean? feet from, yeah, like, 120. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. around 20. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not the same. I always thought you – I still think this like when the harder things get, maybe the shittier the conditions get, the tough, like you just shot 62 at Bermuda. I think you beat the field average by almost 10 shots. That rarely happens on tour, like maybe once a year or something like that. Torrey Pines where you've been great, really tough golf course. You went in what, 2014 at minus nine. Like the harder the golf course, the tougher the conditions. I feel like the, the more you excel. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I definitely. I think a lot of it has to do with attitude and, you know, just dealing with it. I mean – As we talked about earlier, you know, golfers for the most part are generally less inclined to seek out discomfort and, you know, ways to kind of go and deal with it. And I'm not saying that I'm any tougher than anyone else, but just dealing with it, like accepting the fact that no one went and made me come out here and try to be one of the best players in the world. Like that was a decision that I made, and I'm going to try to push myself to be that way. And you hear some younger guys like, man, no one went and got you out of bed and said you had to be a tour player today. I know guys that would give anything they possibly have to go out there and play Mm – one event just to go have an experience of what that is. So, you know, when it gets tough, I mean, it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world, but, you know, the fact that I get out go and play and compete and be one of the, you know, with one of the best, you know, set of players. I mean, if you look top to bottom, man, like you look at that list of those guys and it's like, man, this has got to be one of the best sets of guys in a long time.
0: It's crazy how deep it is. Oh my
2: goodness. Like everybody can win. But to say like I played during that time is pretty great.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. But that,
1: you're right, That isn't No bull right here. That's 100%. the whole deal, right? Yeah. No excuses, suck it up, do it.
2: And just get out there and deal with it. I mean, Bermuda was definitely a, a kind of – That was nuts. A, 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 unique I was nuts. C- a unique scenario. But everything that takes place to have that happen, like, I teed off the back. I was one of the first UT times. And, like, everything that kind of takes, like, anyone that has a round like that so they didn't get lucky, like, I mean, 100%, they got. that's what goes into it. I mean, you beat the field by 10 in one round like something had to go your way. Sure,
1: but it wasn't like dead calm and no. you know, easy for you. It was just maybe a little less shitty
0: than it was Well, if it's later dead calm, it's day. kind of hard ten to be. 10 strokes, 10 strokes. <laughs> yeah. It was 10 strokes easier in the freaking morning than it was in the yeah. yeah. 100%. We, we played one of the hardest rounds of golf ever together. Tory Pines. At, Holy at, hell. That was another that, fun one to watch. We,
2: do you go into the story of Monday? when we had to go back and finish. God, it? that
0: was good. I mean, yeah. Do that story, yeah.
2: All right, so we go, we play with Billy, and Colt makes the longest, most just uncomfortable. Thank God you could not hear the microphone, oh, the words that you were saying. There's, no, was way not nice things there's had said. no way you'd be working for CBS with the words that you said. Hey, though. they can go back and look at it. Be quiet. Check <laughs> that out. It
1: was 2020, 2012. So he
2: makes this putt, and, I mean, it is like – it was ridiculous. The fact that we were even out there playing. So, Billy finishes on – I mean, we were out there forever. I felt like we got pulled on and off the golf course. That was the day when mm-hmm. all those cars got destroyed from yeah. the trees. Mm-hmm. So, Colt and I have to go back, and we're in 18 fairway. We just had to get one shot, right? Well,
0: yeah. So, they, they blew the horn, but the they, it wasn't a dangerous situation. So, we had the option of finishing. So, it's it's straight into the win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On 18. And so we lay it up. I have 125 yards. Billy just butchers it and makes seven right in front yeah, of us. And I'm like, he's just done. And so Davenport's like, hey, you know, if we come back in the morning, it could be calm. 125 birdie might top 10. He's like, it's not gonna be any worse than this. Yeah. Dead into the, or no, it was straight downwind. It was straight yeah. downwind. at had 125 and it was in the bowl hard to get to. Next morning we wake up, it's blowing 40 the other direction.
2: But yeah, like that's not the best part of the good story. <laughs> <part of> that's <laughs> that not the best part is, of the story. has zero to do the story. So, uh, uh, Jay Jr.'s caddy Um And I said, man, just go to Phoenix. Like, I got a wedge and a putter. And I brought another ball just in case something crazy happened. <laughs> so, we're out on the range. And one of the officials comes up and says, uh, you, you don't have a caddy. It's like, no, man. I'm, Colt and I are right there. We got, you know, got hopefully, one wedge. hopefully a couple shots. Like, and we're good. He's like, well, you have to have a caddy. Like, well, I sent Jay to Phoenix. Like, we'll just find somebody to grab me a network. So they found a maintenance guy, yeah, Yeah. I I guess a a, a grounds crew guy. And (laughs) that's great. He comes out and they're getting ready to start. I mean, Colt's first to hit, and they blow the horn cell phone, ring, and answer. You would not believe where I am. I'm <laughs> cutting <caught> you, bro. <laughs> it's I'm blowing cat- a million. <laughs> I'm cutting cat- for this guy. And all Colt says, not off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, He's only got I one ball. Him. It's blowing 40. Yeah.
1: So, you only had one. Did you only have one ball then? No. It's I blowing 40. You didn't no, grab I, a like, couple When we from got somebody? out there,
2: I went straight back to my bag. It's like, I mean, a lot. Three. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so the, the course was playing so hard, I had not made a birdie the whole round. Yeah. And I hit a wedge in there, hit it off the slope, came back, had like a six-footer, and I made it. And this guy is pumped. <laughs> oh my, where's my 10%? Yeah, <laughs> like trying to figure it out. And But that like cell phone. The is The cell phone. Eight. That's dude. a great <laughs> story.
1: So just some random maintenance dude, and he picks up the phone like, Yo, I'm in and, the and, and
2: 18. And he answers it, and Colton Daver just like. I just well, moved uh, this uh,
0: fairway dog yeah.
2: and I'm on it, right? What'd you hit um, from uh
1: one twenty five into forty AP? to the back nine. bunker it was great. Bug or parsons? I got up and down for par. Good yeah. par. Yeah. Good but it, that
0: day honestly I'm like we we hung in there pretty good for a group and I think it's because we were all it was kinda of so ridiculous, we were all just out there kinda of having fun. Like uh-huh. we were all joking around on three T before Is that I made when that. Won?
2: Yeah, when he shot yeah. he beat yeah, that. It was like, like the 10. best it's
0: yeah. tournament or final round, whatever. Yeah, ever. but it
2: was All the time. situation of like where the wind started switching around and he just happened to be playing. I remember they said he hit gap wedge into 12. We hit like wood. Mm-hmm. And we were a couple groups behind him. Yeah, a little different. And I mean, the, not very often you were in like whatever place we were right. in. I shot 79 and I gained one spot.
1: Yep. That's my kind of tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're looking a for, Oh, huh? different ball game. Going uh, to the, the year you won, though, 2014, go back to the same hole. You had the iron in from the fairway. Lands on the false front, starts coming back, a little trickle. It stays up. When you hit that ball, when you won uh, 2014, when it landed and started coming back, do you think it was soup or no?
2: No, I thought I hit it over the green, like I was trying to hit it as hard as I. And Did I you club
1: down because of adrenaline? Or no? <clears throat> no,
2: I was trying to ship that thing over, and it, you know, landed right there, kind of probably the softest part. Like I was doing everything I possibly could to hit it where it would land, cover the front, and you know, roll back there and see what happens. You know. Everything you look at now, it's like, I mean, that was a lucky break, great I mean, everyone needs something great to happen. You fast forward to the next year, I get in a playoff with Jason Day, and we're all in the playoff in the the fairway. And he hits this awful iron shot, and it lands in the walkway and stays in the fairway. And he hits an unbelievable pitch like a foot, makes it. And Harris and I make par, and we get knocked out. And then J.B. bogey 16, and – you know, Jason wins, but just look in those situations. I mean, anyone that wins, so they didn't get a good break, I mean, for yeah. whatever it was. But. And you beat Gary
0: Woodland that year, you won. That was awesome. <laughs> that was <laughs> really that was awesome. Makes you a cra- <laughs> Do you know
1: who you missed in the play? Do you know who the guys that were one stroke back, the, that playoff you would have been in had you not tweeted that hole? Can you remember them all? No. Dude, it was a line. It would have been a fucking beast of a playoff if you were in. You got KJ Troy, Mark Leishman, our boy Graham DeLette, Pat Perez, Jason Day. If you part of that whole six piece with all those guys. I could have gone for days. By the way, I mean we'd probably
2: still be there. Yeah, with JB. Hopefully have this, this year, there. if Colt's calling it, well, we uh, got yeah. a
1: nine way playoff. We're gonna finish this on Wednesday. I'll miss some flights yeah. for
0: you. Um, we do got to talk about 2015 a little bit because right. I mean you were obviously a very I'll, very. I'll, very I'll take a second.
1: You'll Cheers yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. You'll get you a little more if you need it.
0: It was a very popular story in the game of golf, obviously with drug testing coming into the PGA Tour. You have one <laughs> of the more unique things I've ever heard when it comes to drug testing. I mean you. Correct. You basically turned yourself in. Mm-hmm. And then about four months later, you found out you were suspended. Correct. And it's obviously. (laughs) And
2: and never, never failed once.
0: Yeah. So take us through it. First off, what were you taking? How did you, how did you find out it was banned? Mm -hmm. And then tell us about this meeting with the commissioner.
2: (laughs) Wow. That's a big question. That's a big question. Uh, So we, Golf School in the Olympics 2016. This is 2015. We're at Torrey. And that's when they do the meeting. And they're like, Mm -hmm. all right. And they, you were probably there. Mm -hmm. Sitting in there and they said, all right, you know, we're going in the Olympics. We're going under a different set of drug testing guidelines. If there's anything that you're concerned with, doctor, whatever, like, let us help you figure out what's going on. So they sent the list out as far as everything you're taking. That was kind of like right at the beginning of like me trying to figure out what in the world I was doing with my health and my body and kind of everything. So I had gone to see a doctor, a general physician, and said, hey, you've got some numbers that are low. And it was DHEA. I mean, I knew nothing, as naive as you possibly, mm-hmm. 100% my fault, like head in the dirt, listening to whatever, whatever doctor said. I was just trying to feel better. And said, you know, maybe you could take this. And I bought it at Kroger. It's $10.81 for 25 milligrams uh-huh. uh, of these tiny little things. And so I had taken it to start the season and, you know, I, who knows whatever it did, if it made any difference. So I played the tournament, losing a playoff, we're coming back to play uh, Phoenix. And we lived in Phoenix at the time. I was in our place in, in Greyhawk. I called um, Nina Stillwell, And I said, hey, you guys mentioned this. I think potentially, like, I've, I've had a doctor prescribe, like, all documented, everything, exactly what we're doing for everything. But, again, like, I take full responsibility, like, never shy away from it. Like, it's 100% on me. And... I call I said this is this is what I've taken this is how long i have taken it for you know let me know what I need to do mm-hmm. I said I'm almost 100% positive it's banned um, you know you guys said let's figure it out let's figure it out
0: This is beginning of February.
2: Uh, yeah this mm-hmm. is, so this mm-hmm. is right after the event mm-hmm. so very beginning you know right around waste management. Literally nothing like don't hear anything. So my manager at the time, the Mayo Clinic's right down the road, and I had t- still been taking it. I go, I spent like a grand at the Mayo Clinic, and I had, I walked in, and I was like, I want the full Olympic test if I was going to compete in the Olympics today. Like, I want every test that you can possibly be. And they're like, you don't have a prescription. I was like, I'll pay for it out of pocket. Like, just give it to me. Blood, urine, hair, everything passed. Wow. <laughs> so I sent that in. I was mm-hmm. like... And I, and I had been drug tested that week and I passed and, but I'm not saying that just cause you pass, like, I mean, people do that all yeah. the time, but just the fact of what's going on, come to find out in order to fail for that, you have to take truckloads <laughs> and it needs to be injected. Like 25 milligrams was like, we're talking about like 2,500, okay. like a bunch. So it goes on, you know, we kind of like, we literally hear nothing and come around i get an email and a letter saying you know commissioner would like to meet i said well just have let me have a conversation with him and let him know where i'm coming from and this sit in the back of the clubhouse in new orleans sits down and hands me a letter it's him jay and pasner hand me a letter and said uh you're gonna be suspended for three months no conversation was ever had Nothing and uh, Fincham looked at me right in the eye and said, I believe you're trying to gain uh, a competitive advantage against your fellow players, and this is what we're going to do about it. He said that 100%. Wow, and I said, Sir, with all due respect, if I was gaining a competitive advantage, why would I tell anybody?
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I just snitched on myself. Yeah.
2: yeah, and and I, and the crazy thing is, I was allowed to continue to play during this whole time, yeah you know i don't know what i made i don't know if i played any good or played any bad but i mean probably that was the catalyst to you know push me to get to where i am today as far as like my health and everything cuz i just blindly just i'm not saying that doctor had ill intent mm-hmm. but that doctor was just trying to do the what yeah. she thought was best and
1: i mean so if you hadn't said anything if you just like oh okay whatever we'll figure it out let's we'll see if this thing's fine or if i feel better what and just not said anything never would have been never would have found out you never tested positive never nothing you just said hey i'm taking some stuff i don't know what it is i know you're doing all this little you and know I sent, testing for every olympics every bit of
2: documentation every drug test everything from the doctor the doctor cooperated everything with them and then it came yeah. down to we feel like you're trying to create a competitive advantage and then they asked me when i would like to be suspended <laughs> Ever? Uh, no, I'd go, say. S- sounds good. I got to pick. 2036 feels and about right. And I said, right. hey, I'm a one of the defending champions of Greenbrier. Have that be back. And we kind of reversed timeline it. said, if I take a go play Greenbrier, they were doing like something with the past champions. and Did that. That was my last event. It announced I got suspended the, the week after. And then I got to come back uh, in Napa exactly three months later.
0: Uh, let me ask wild. you this. I got. What,
2: are the questions just running wild? Yeah, I got a lot. <laughs> yeah, I got a few. <laughs> um,
0: one, what was the response from like your fellow players?
2: Uh, Originally, like when it first started out, negative.
0: Like what like, way? What?
2: Like negative, because like, no one knew the full story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting yeah. there just – and this isn't a bash the tour thing. This is – man, this is what happened. Yeah. This yeah. is exactly as brutally honest as – Much egg on my face as there is, but I mean, it just was not probably handled the best it probably could have been. I mean, because all it did was just shine a light on a uh, just a system that's you know broken. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just like how can you have these? And he's like, well, you know, you admitted to it. It was like, yeah, but like what? Like, there's no avenue for advocacy from the to try to help you out. It's like, oh, you told me you did it, so you know, here you go, you're out. There was no understanding of like why did you do this or. So so no one will ever do the right thing ever again.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I mean Of course. That's the worst I mean, thing you can do. We literally go from,
2: you know, whatever day that was in Tory to a week later and I do what they ask us to do and I kinda of feel like I got hung out to dry. You know, I was I was fully exempt and I was a good guy doing the right thing. So it kind of promoted all the stuff. But then you look at it now, it's like, why'd they do that? Why'd they shine a light on a policy that's, you know, has so many flaws in it and you know but ultimately like i've said it in a bunch of interviews like my like ignorance is not an excuse and i mean that uh, unfortunately that's what i dealt with and i was the person that ne- needed to deal with it and i dealt with the consequences
1: it's not an excuse but you also weren't trying to gain an advantage you reported yourself from something you got at kroger by the way or whatever like you can't get horse steroids at freaking kroger and also when it's reported it's like you see it when it happens like across the bottom ticker golf channel or whatever like scott sawlings receives suspension for bands up like that's it period like you yes. read that and you know nothing about the story you're like oh dude's taking steroids or something like that yeah. you know they have no idea about the context
2: and so that's probably the initial like negative you know or like you know, you see guys get interviewed as far as, oh, we got a guy suspended mm-hmm. for a banned substance. Like, there's no, it was just cut and dry. Banned substance, he suspended. Like, no one dug into, like, what it was until Rex Hoggard and a few other people started kind of doing a little bit more research as far as, man, what really happened here? Yeah. You know, we're not really getting all the answers, where, when we, especially when we ask about it. And so I was pretty open. I was like, man, this is what I did. This is what happened. You know, everything kind of taken in. And, you know... I I got to take a little bit of time off.
0: How do you feel about them making it public? Do you think it should be public or no?
2: I think it should be public. Like, I mean, if you're going to do something, like, if I go get arrested, I mean, I can't be like, hey, please don't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I just, you know, the same way that your scores and everything, like you can't really shy away from it. And, you know.
0: It just seems to me like with the – like with if you look back at all the PED tests we've had, and there's not many, Mm -hmm. but it's just like there's not going to be any superstars in there. Like, it's just, and you're a great player. You've won three times on the PGA Tour, but, and then there's, I think, I believe Doug Barron is another guy that mm-hmm. got suspended for beta beta blockers. BJ, yeah. with some elk, we, the, whatever elk. the elk thing was, <laughs> Deer <the> elk spray <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, Deer and then Pete Patel on the Corn Fairy Tour. It's just like, I'm. my question is, do you think they put everything out there?
2: I mean, just judging by what I have seen with my own, I mean, I turn, essentially, Gave them something on a silver platter. It took them four months to make a decision on what they were going to do about it. And then I had a, I pleaded the entire time for a one-on-one. Yeah. And just like, man, like, we're not going to go through intermediaries here. Like, let me deal with this. And that's probably why, you know, I'm not going to say Commissioner Fincham did – Anything I mean, that was just the way he operated, yeah. man. I mean it's just kinda of old school way of dealing with it and I mean that was the way that he operated and which is fine. I mean that was his way to choose mm-hmm. to, to lead. But I would say that Jay would have probably handled that situation completely different and as far as coming alongside and man, like, what are we dealing with here? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me where you're coming from, you know, and he'd probably be the first person to say, Are you okay? Yeah. And which that's would, a- would never even like a consideration. <laughs> like
1: yeah. The thing I didn't know is that they told you like pick when you want to be suspended. Like I, I know football players that get tested for things and they don't be like, "Hey, dude, tell us what game you'd like to be suspended after. You want to play this big one and get you in the playoff?" And you know, like that almost leads me to believe that they knew like, "Hey, this is not. We got to act on something because it is a banned substance." But I mean, this it, clearly wasn't a try to so gain did, an advantage.
2: Then, when is that? April.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, my suspension didn't go into effect uh, until July.
0: Wow, I've never. So I got that. to play yeah. all
2: that. knowing so uh john yarborough's my caddy colt you know him well i get done and he knew i was doing something with the commissioner nothing to the extent of what ended up because i just thought i was like man i'm gonna you know have it out and you know kind of let them decide what they want to do we went had dinner and i mean i'm sure i acted super weird the whole time because i was still in such shock and we sat in some coffee place in some random place in new orleans that night and i said I just got this letter, and I handed it to him, and he's like, are you kidding me?
0: Uh, and that's tough, yeah.
2: <laughs> just a weird thing, man. The he, perception,
1: Colt asked <laughs> you, like, what was the reaction from the players? Have you, have you noticed <laughs> they, it, like, changing over time when complete, they learned the story? The opposite yeah.
2: of the initial, because you see, like, a ticker, and it's like, oh, man, it's like, oh, man, guys yeah, you know, of course. did something screwed up or whatever, but then you start to find out about it, and so – Fast forward a little bit during that time, John uh, went and caddied for Bill Haas at Eastlake in the Tour Championship. And I'm getting ready to come back. Like, I've been playing and practicing. And, like, everything's starting to kind of a little bit more – like, I could just go away. Like, no one really thinks yeah. about it. But as it starts to come back, so John goes and caddies for Bill, and they're playing the Pro-Am. And Bill basically asked John, he's like, I want to know what happened. Like, tell me what took place. Huh. And next thing you know, Bill's got a couple guys from the tour and be like, what? I don't understand this. Like, how does this happen? But, you know, the perception of, you know, you know kind of how it was presented and, you know, what truly took place was just completely different. And But it was a time in my life I'd, I don't necessarily say that I enjoyed, but, I mean, it probably made me what, who I am today and, you know, probably made me a little bit more resilient and, you know, kind of just dealing with some adversity. I mean, would I have rather not gone through it? Probably so. But I probably wouldn't be who I am today if That's I didn't know yeah. it. He
0: said, by the way, it led you to what you are today, which mm-hmm. is you lost, what, 55 pounds Turned or whatever into a it shit is. shithouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you went to see a doctor about that. This happens. And then this just leads, I'm guessing you just decided, you know what? Now's the time. I'm going to start changing my body and try to get healthy.
2: Yeah. And golf was never the priority. You know, it was always. Um, you know, let me be the husband and father my kids deserve. And, you know, I had, you know, kind of neglect, kind of like everyone's idea. If I play good, I can kind of do whatever I want and, you know, kind of deal with it as it comes. But then I just started feeling worse and worse. And, you know, you get done, it's like, man, I'm 30 years old. I should not feel like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, started putting the pieces together. And, man, I'd always kind of worked out a little bit. But, you know, there wasn't ever like really – like any kind of structure as far as diet, nutrition, or understanding what caused what. And I had some good people come around me and kind of lay out some groundwork as far as how to go and, you know, incrementally get better. And, you know, it kind of all pieced together. But I had the time, you know, off to kind of be able to <laughs> do those kind of things. 90 days to get yeah, right. <laughs> 90 days, exactly, <laughs> to be able to kind of figure it out. But but to be honest, like, if I, I don't know if I would have taken that time Mm-hmm. I would have probably just been, you know, you know, riding on empty and just, you know, smoking mirrors and, you know, trying to figure it out. And, you know, I got able to step away and, you know, figure it out. And, you know, I had a lot of really good people help and kind of point me in the right direction to get me to where I am today.
0: I know you say like your number one goal is to be the best husband and father. You could be trying to get healthy for that. But. Golf is your profession, and it is how you make money. It is how you support your family. Was there ever a worry, like, because we've seen guys who go through big transformations, Uh and then their golf game really, really struggles. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a worry at all about that?
2: Uh, There's probably always in the back of your mind, like, man, I'm making some huge changes. I mean, I went, the heaviest I was was uh, 252 pounds. The lowest I got to was 177. And, uh, but I mean, that was like years, Mm -hmm. like when it kind of all figured out. But the initial like drop was like 50 pounds, you know, probably, you know, when I got to about 200, when you start getting down the one seventies and you're my size, people will come up to you like how much longer you got. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of when it needed to change. Need to learn to lift a little bit and kind of figure it out. But, uh, I think when you start looking at it, you know, now I kind of feel like I got a second chance, Mm -hmm. you know, I I love my job. I think I have the best job in the world and something I've wanted to do my whole life. Um, you know, it probably made the bad days a little bit easier to deal with and the good days more enjoyed. And I think that that's kind of the perspective that I have. I mean, I don't like going out there shoot shooting 75, mm-hmm. but the day, the 65s are enjoyed a lot more because you look at it and truly like how much you do love and appreciate it. And, you know, for a sense, kind of felt like it got taken away for a little bit. But, you know, how much, how much longer I'll play on tour, I, mean, I hope it's a long time, I'm going to enjoy every bit of it.
1: Yeah, it's like a new lease. New lease online. 100%. What do you, what, where is your plan weight right now?
2: I'm about 200. I'm pretty good. Two right bills
1: now. is about right. When you get down to one, dude, you're talking like my weight and you see my legs. <laughs> I mean, they are freaking beasts, but they're skinny beasts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, That's you like Dallas that, <laughs> that Buyers Club type shit.
2: Yeah, I think when a couple guys are like, are you feeling okay? Yeah. Like kind of the other way. Eat like, this and granola. It, and it, Yeah. Like trying to like feed me while I'm out there uh, is a little bit, but I mean, you kind of, you learn a system that works and, you know, kind of way to eat and kind of way to train. And, you know, you, that's all you do. And then you adapt and, you know, continue to get better. And, but that was like the first conversation. Like, why do people keep asking me that? And then I hadn't seen any pictures. Like, I was like, oh man, like, that's, all right, let's change it. It's up different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you got to dial.
0: And we talked about it earlier like, you know, Tiger, all of us our age. I mean, we thank Tiger for everything, but I mean, he brought fitness into the game of golf. And now, I mean, what you've done has been unbelievable. What Bryson DeChambeau has done has just kind of taken it to a whole other level. What, give me your thoughts. I mean, because I know you're a guy that you, you know what you're talking about when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Give us your thoughts on what you think about what he's done. And how, I mean, he's, he's gone the other way, he's, he's bulked up and added a bunch of weight.
2: Yeah, I think, though, that, you know, just understanding, like, you know, just the physics of how it all works, like, you do need a little bit of mass. Like, my when I got down low, that was the slowest I've ever swung it in my life. Um, and so, like, understanding, you know, whatever you want to call it, mass is power, or just kind of a way to look at it. But, I mean, like, being strong and resilient is not bad in any situation. But, you know – you can say whatever you want. It's impressive to see, you know, how you take the game – the way that he did play the game Mm -hmm. to the way that he plays it now and in a relatively short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like – and this has nothing to do with the training aspect, but literally to go from a guy that was barely touching 170 to the guy that's got 200-mile-an-hour ball speed, like it's super impressive and he's played at a high level. So you can say whatever you want about the way he goes about it and his personality or whatever, but the game speaks for itself. Like you can't hide it. And – You know, once that ball goes in the air, and it's, you know, kind of no way to to beat around the bush. It's been very impressive to watch. And I mean, it's kind of changed the way that a lot of guys look at the game. I was going to say, do you think this is the
0: way, like now? This is what, like kids growing up, they're going to be like, okay, I need to do that if I want to be at that top level.
2: I don't know. You see, I mean, Cameron Smith's 175 mile an hour ball speed guy. And, you know, you know, just shot 34 under (laughs) on the same course that you know, relatively Bryson should have a huge advantage at especially calm winds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, around the greens is probably still most important, but the ability to fly at 350s, it never hurts. But you see Rory too. I mean, Rory comes out and says he started trying to chase it, and then next thing you know you start dropping from knee height every now and then, and it really starts to affect the score. So he's got a method as far as it works best for him, and he's seen, you know, a, a different side of the game that's, you know, probably put the game in a, in a unique spot in terms of just the way that guys look at it. And, you know, I'd say guys think about it, you know, whether guys pursue it or whatever, um, you know, that's kind of up to them. But it is very – and it, it's cool for us, anyone that has any kind of idea of fitness and golf, like it is cool to see that there's – just like with the way that we, we all play and we all swing completely different. There's not just one way to do it. It's mm-hmm. kind of finding what works best for you, and kind of figuring out the best way to deal with it, and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, what he did in that short amount of time, and also like the thing that gets lost in this is he was he's actually hits the fairway two percent of the time more now than he did prior to all this. Which that's I mean, swinging fast, <laughs> everyone can go out there and probably swing out of control and swing faster, but you're gonna lose some weird ones. He actually yeah. is more accurate statistically than he was prior to all that, and that gets kind of lost in the shuffle sometimes. Hundred
2: percent, because all you see is like all the, all the like all the yeah. And, like whatever you want to call it right before but then when it comes down to it like and you then you look at it from slow mo- like if you take him like out of the picture and you see like how the club works you're like it's kind of hard to like yeah, yeah. you can't argue with that and
0: there's not you know. many weird ones <laughs> yeah. going like this way you dude, know dude he hits it sickening straight for how far it is yeah for i how, mean it's it's, <laughs> phew, it's it's crazy we could talk about it all day should we get to the E9 all right 100%. Got to get to the E9, all right. You, you
2: don't Let's have do any more questions about all that. I felt like the wheels were spinning. Well, there was a lot of <laughs> They wheels. still You are. answered
1: a lot of them in, in in the middle of all this. I want to know how I can get bigger, more jacked, and start hitting seeds because I don't think my time is up just yet. I think Q school could be in my future. You know what I mean? For, have, after what we saw at the dry shit, heave. Shit feels pretty good. I hit the green at the dry yeah, heave. Yeah. Chunk hook with a yeah, lob
2: wedge. Yeah, you have the best amateur, Um, I guess, when you –
0: really interested to see where this is going i like where we're going when when you continue you
2: basically what was it woodlands second stage Oh, yeah. Second you had, stage. You had uh, reapplied for your amateur status before you got to there. Yeah, that was
1: in Dallas, actually. I <laughs> oh, showed Dallas, up. I didn't play that... a practice round. I was like, what am I even doing? I went on a vacation. <laughs> with this some is friends. great planning. And I got the, <laughs> okay. I was like, I was already signed up. I was like, I don't really want to go, but you can't get your money back now at this point. I was like, I'm done playing. I'll just go to this thing. I didn't play a practice round for Q school. I showed up <laughs> at a caddy. I was like, what is, "What is? there's a couple janky assholes. I was like, I don't even know what to do. What am I doing? Wow. And I, yeah. And I, yeah, I think the next day. I never heard that was story. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had. I tried to get out of Q School, and they wouldn't give me my money back. So I was like, yeah, Screw he it.
2: Had reapply- before he had basically exited the premises, once the tournament was, up, he had already applied for his amateur status. It's beautiful. Back. Yeah. <laughs> As I, he is at Q School.
1: I tried to get out, and they're like, Nope, dude, it's too late. You gotta go. I was like, All right, here we go.
2: Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's spin the wheel.
1: Yeah. Well dude? <laughs> do? I don't care. Give me the driver. Screw it. Who gives a shit? Let's go. That's beautiful. All right, let's get to the nine. <laughs>
0: I know you listen, so you know this first question. You can trade lives with anyone, dead or alive. Be them for a day. Who's it going to be?
2: I don't know. Someone way smarter than me. I think, like, just the way we talked about before, like, I think like an Elon Musk or something like that that truly is trying to solve all the world's problems. Like, I don't know if I'd want to be that for a long time, because if you listen to any of his interviews, he seems like almost like a tortured soul mm-hmm. a little bit, but obviously he's brilliant and just the way that he looks at the world, because I'm a pretty simple dude, and kind of be an interesting way to look at it, especially with all the craziness we're dealing with now.
1: Those brilliant minds, trust. take my word for it. It's not, it's, it's, you it's know, not. the cakewalk that it appears to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. You and Bryson, you're in Players Dining, right? Buffet line. You walk, you're walk. both walking up at the same time. You, you definitely made this. There's one up. piece of meat remaining. You both reach for it at the same time. A little piece of filet. Nice piece. A lot of protein. Who's coming away with it?
2: I don't know. Probably who's there the first.
1: I mean, you're both in there. You're like two dogs, like uh, Lady and the Tramp. You I'll probably both just got take
2: it. it straight with my hand and just put it right in there. You say, yeah. You, if you want may this? may try to get in there with a fork. I just pick it up.
1: Oh, okay, you just go with the yeah. hand? Yeah. I just take it. Just in there. raw. Okay. That's fine. I just want to know who's coming away with that because that's a couple <laughs> of beefy dudes that like their meat. I want to know who's getting it.
0: <laughs> All right. Number three. We talked earlier. You know, you've missed a few cuts in your day. Correct. You're on the PJ Tour. Give me the best city on the tour to miss a cut in.
2: Mm. I don't know. You'd know better than me.
0: Well, yeah, I, I do know, but, but I want to know your opinion.
2: Oh, good I want to know Stallings' opinion. Like oh man, uh, no, the West Coast has its. You, San Diego is great. Yeah, anywhere that's you know. You don't of, miss
1: many out there though. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I just think like anywhere. I mean, I grew up and in, in live in Tennessee, so different. You know, somewhere that I would. You know, if I'm anywhere close, and I miss a cut to Knoxville, but I'm there. I'm not. I'm not hanging yeah. around. But somewhere where I travel out there, I mean, obviously Pebble and everywhere on the West Coast is beautiful, but I can hang out in San Diego.
0: A little Saturday night in the tap room when you don't have to play on Sunday is pretty fun, too. happy tap.
1: I got a little wine cellar uh-huh. out there. Um, all right, this is for the golf heads out there, because I know you're a big collector of Scotty Cameron head covers, butter yeah, I just covers, right?
2: Tried, I just tried to file some insurance for that today. That is shockingly a lot more difficult than people think. I you got that. those insured? Well, I tried after I started posting about that, I was like, man, someone's going to try to rob my house. Hmm. Take my word for it. These scumbags are out there, bro. Yeah, true. You know what I mean. But trying to figure out like how you like how you determine value value on those, and then figuring out like the volume and stuff like that. So sorry. How many you got? I got a few.
1: Like you got a rough estimate? We won't give your address out here. Of putters. Putter covers. Isn't I mean you got a ton of putters, but you got probably more covers. I would imagine.
2: Well, in the hundred, like over a hundred.
1: Over a hundred. What's the most rare, like if you were going to sell one, the world ended, you're out of money. I got to sell all my covers. What's the most expensive or like the most rare one?
2: Probably like the leather stitch circle T one. Cameron. Circle T's are people freak for that. Mm -hmm. Cameron Smith uh, has a red one and I have a black one. I don't know how him and I both got one of those, but it was just kind of a odd circumstance, but you know, it's it's not the coolest looking one, but it's probably. But it's like the trophy. Ripped. Like you don't you you don't throw it on your butter no, and go out there. No, it's like I, put it in a yeah, case it, or something, it like it a, a pair a, of
1: Jordans that they don't like yeah, make sure. one of or whatever. It would definitely be that. I used to have some of those. Don't anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Darren Clark, another guy who lost a lot of weight, but he tends to fluctuate quite a bit. He goes back and forth a lot. and He's open about it. He's like, Listen, he's yes, but he's got like, he goes, I got a fat section in my closet and the skinny section of my closet. (laughs) Does Scott stalling still have any of his fat clothes left?
2: No, I have some pants that I, we, we moved recently and I had some clothes that kind of made the transition that maybe probably shouldn't have. And I put them on. I actually got some suits remade and I went to this place in town, lifetime alterations. I'm like, all right, we're about to see. So I take the suit in and this was probably like right in like the true heaviest I've ever been. And I break it in and the guy, I put it on and the guy comes out. He's like, we're not miracle workers. <laughs> we can't take 12 inches out of the inside. And he, That's awesome. and he's like, there's no way this is for you. And it's got my, like my initials like, yeah. on the coat and the inside of the coat or whatever. He's like, it's like I wouldn't even know where to start.
1: Would your granddad give you a bunch of suits? <laughs> yeah,
2: it was wild. But That's yeah, awesome. That, that was probably the the last thing I from the, the olden days. From
1: the olden days. Well, I'm gonna stay on that same topic, topic here because you talk about analytics, right? We're okay. going into analytics. So I know you're an analytics guy. This is a question about that. Scott Stallings, 1.0. Okay, a little heavier set. Mm-hmm. Three wins on the PJ tour. Put it in the database, right? 2.0. Scott Stallings, brick shithouse, house. Scott Stallings, a lot of good golf, but no wins. Is it maybe time to? pack some pounds back on according to the analytics, which <laughs> no, is what everybody does.
2: No, we're not. I'm I'm in a good spot. I went from probably up here to probably too small and like probably too whatever. I mean, 177.
1: That's exactly what I weigh, so watch your mouth. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a good spot now. You know, I feel like I can kind of do whatever. You know, golf feels good. Had a good fall and, you know, Looking forward to the rest, but I kind of feel like I can do whatever and kind of found that kind of happy medium. You know, I can enjoy things like this. I can not have that. I can, you know, enjoy a good meal. I can eat super clean for a long time, you know, and kind of find that balance throughout life is, you know, kind of what I was going for. And I didn't really have that. And, you know, hopefully that leads to some better golf and more opportunities to, you know, get a little bit more. Maybe this 3.0. Mm hmm. Oh,
0: that's a good point. That mm-hmm. could be a 3.0. <laughs> this is
2: where the analytics gets tricky. Sometimes yeah. it's
1: misleading.
0: All right, next question. I, I mean, which PGA Tour player would surprise the listeners at home that actually gets after it pretty hard in the gym? You know, y'all, you know, you are out there in the trailer getting know, ready to go. Man, I'm
2: Not a real big trailer guy. Yeah, I know. you has got to go to the special, like, yeah, crossfit, throw cinder blocks yeah, I, I over like, buildings
1: type like <laughs> <laughs> shit. Like Rogan, he trains with Rogan. Uh,
2: someone that gets in the gym that people would not, um, I'd say like sneaky like. Like a Tyler Duncan. Ooh. Like no one would ever think that. He's I got, agree. He's got a pretty good engine. We've trained together a few times. Um, and like someone that you wouldn't necessarily see. Like, all right, you know, that guy's decently – like looks like he's in good shape. But like a lot better than like what he like physically looks like.
1: TD. Yep. I was going to say Justin Thomas might be a sneaky one because he's kind of skinny dude, but he does a lot of like – Season on. I, I gauge everything off Instagram. But you, you, yeah. <laughs> if you're not posting you, your shit on Instagram, I assume you're not doing it, period. Okay.
2: Yeah, so, so, okay.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, you post. That's, that,
2: that, that's your baseline? Yeah, that's it. If you're not proving it to I me. I stopped posting like 90% of my workouts because people would be like, you can't do that. You can't do that. They're like, all right. So I just post like very, very, very little. You're like, all right, I trained today. That was kind of it. And then you start getting the specifics, and you're just then you start dealing with the experts. Yeah, Everyone, then you every, tell you, you do your forum socks or whatever. Like, everyone's shut everyone's up! Everyone's
0: expert. I've never commented on one of those. No, I think your form looks <laughs> great. I'll, I'll those I'm gonna life. start you posting like pictures
1: of me napping. Like about to go down for two hours, boys. <laughs> Join me, just so people know. Yeah. All right, you're a huge Boston sports fan. Okay, I need your opinion on this. Do you think the success of Mac Jones this year proves that Tom Brady is just a system quarterback and a product of Belichick's genius? Not really, even. No. Just a, just a system guy, yeah. like a Texas Tech quarterback they throw for a million yards?
2: No. I think oh, okay. I think it's a, a good combination because <laughs> you would say that, like, talent-wise, like just true physical talent, that a system of, like, being a New England fan, like would we say that Cam Newton is more physically talented than Mac Jones?
0: Physically? I don't know. I saw way. pictures
1: of Mac in the locker room after that. He looks pretty you, – you don't, you don't skip the gym.
2: Well, but just in situations Kidding, of, of like, you know, pure physical ability on the course. But then, obviously, there's a lot more understanding that goes to when you get to that level. But you can make – there are a lot of similarities between Mac Jones and Tom Brady. But you pick him in a system of where he plays in Tampa. And there's all that. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Man, they're both pretty I'm like saying they're both pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both great in their own right, but the, the similarities. But there you get a lot of – Mac doesn't throw it over 10 yards very often and you see a bunch of things like that. Of, It's very rare to see him throw the ball deep. You see him a lot of check downs, a lot of, you know, dump offs. And then, you, I mean, they've got a decent amount of receivers in that Hunter Henry man. Like, New England loves a tight end, and they've got a – he's great. He know. is good. Like You're going to see a lot of him. The jury's operating.
1: still out on Brady. I don't know if, it's di- if <laughs> yeah, his, just, you know, just, legacy has been yeah, sealed just, yet. You know, <laughs> he's a question mark guy.
2: I saw a thing today that said Aaron Rodgers' legacy in the NFL is in jeopardy based on how he plays in the playoffs. Like, okay. That guy's, yeah, okay. <laughs> that guy's okay. legacy is, yeah. over, I mean, one I of guess. the greatest. So is Tigers. We'll yeah. see how he bounces back from this yeah.
1: latest. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Last one. Which current PGA Tour player would you least want to have you spot spot you in the gym?
2: <laughs> in the gym? Like, yeah, you're, uh, you're
0: doing some heavy squats.
2: Like I'm heavy.
0: Heavy
1: squats. You can need somebody. You gotta there. have someone
0: spot you. And it's like, gotta
1: be he's a twerper. I'm beat. maxing out one rep. This could be the end of and my you're
0: back. like, oh my god, this guy's behind me. I'm screwed. If something goes wrong. <laughs> <got> no <an> idea.
2: Sung <laughs> <laughs> Jae. Sung Jae, that guy. Uh, I love hey, him. Is the big great. Korean I, weapon. I dude. mean, he is unbelievable. Like just the fact that he plays a hundred tournaments a year and plays great at them all. But I just see that if. If that bar is gonna crush my neck on like a bench, he's just like, "See you later." Sorry, good luck. <laughs> I'm out of here. Like, I gotta go yeah. practice. So you made like your own bed. bed, bud. Yeah, that, that Sung Jae would be.
1: I love that. Did you have yeah. one of mine? No, I was just, just thinking one on the CT Pan. I thought because Kokak <laughs> well, thought... said that. I think on some about a bar fight. Like, who would you least? What would? Would we? Ask? Who would you who least would you want, you want to have on your, team, your team, team in a bar fight? Like and he said CT Pan.
0: And when I did this, I was like. CT might get mentioned twice. <laughs> it's like,
1: it's a good Poor point. guy. Yeah, he's probably a unit. We uh, I mean, a sneaky unit. We don't even know it.
0: Awesome, I love it. Well, Scott Stallings, it's been a blast, dude. Thanks so much. Yes, yeah. sir. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you guys for having me. And that was Scott Stallings joining us on Golf Subpar. Just an unbelievable transformation of his body, well documented. It's it's crazy what he has done. um But you know, it, it's something that he needed to do. I mean. He was obviously not in the healthiest spot and he decided to, he went all in, he committed, he changed, but just a crazy story that obviously I think the thing a lot of people will take away is the suspension from the PGA tour for the, you know, a banned substance, which kind of got a raw deal in my opinion, Uh Yeah. It just goes to show you all you kids out there. Honesty is the worst policy. (laughs) If
1: you do something (laughs) that you think, oh, maybe there's an issue with this and you turn yourself in you're going to get suspended for as long as you would even if you were trying to get away from it even when it's doctor prescribed so uh, that that was a weird deal I got some new info on that that I was unaware of previously but uh, at the end of the day I don't think that's a that's not like a black eye on his reputation or anything like that it was from a doctor who's trying to get healthier and it just so happened there's a lot of stuff that's banned on the PJ tour that probably people don't realize but um, he's he's turned his body around his game is very good he's probably But are you three time winner? If you had to say, name all the guys that have won three times or more on the PGA Tour, his name isn't one that fires up all the time. But as we get into our picks this week, I'll tell you what, when the weather is terrible, it's cold, it's windy, it's nasty, Scott Songs is a guy that I love to play during those weeks because he just grinds it out. He's got one of the best stingers on tour and he just kind of embraces that grind it out mentality on the golf course. So that's a little nugget for future gambling.
0: All right. I like it. And we have been rather hot lately. But how about, him hating on your man, Sung J M said he doesn't want him spotting him in the gym. All right, what, what does Sung Jay ever do, man?
1: The guy just wants <laughs> to hit flush irons, and, you know, it seems to be working. If I'm Sung J's coach, I wouldn't tell him to do shit other than what he's doing right now, it seems to be working.
0: Uh, that was great. I love it. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to CT Pan there. I,
1: I was waiting for it. I was like, here it comes. Poor yep. CT. He never I even gets a chance to defend himself. We got to get him on one of these days and let him go back at these muscle men.
0: Well, Slays, so, it's time to get to our picks, and we have been on an absolute absolute heater with our people over at FanDuel, the best sports book in all the land. We're on to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week, but it's also the Super Bowl is coming up, Sleaze, and FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. To celebrate, new customers can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win when you use promo code SUBPAR when registering. That's right. You'll get your winnings in cold, hard cash because we know cash is always better than free bets. All right, Sleaze, before we get to the golf. Let's make some Super Bowl picks because you know we're we're football experts, obviously. Course, we got the course. Cincinnati Bengals going up against the L. A. Rams. The L. A. Rams are getting a home game, going to be an exciting one. I, I just love this Joe Burrow. Slays. What he has done is so much fun. He's just he's got a vibe to him that I just I'm I'm all about. And it is the Bengals. I believe are just a team of destiny right now. You're
1: liking the Bengals. I mean, dude, who's not liking Joe Burrow right now? He's like the it guy. He's got what I like to call the it factor. Seems like everybody's piling in on him and. As bad as his O line is, somehow he just keeps winning games and keeps making plays. I just, I got a real concern with his safety going up against the Rams front four. There's some killers on there, and it's just how long can he continue to do it? <clears throat> but, excuse me, uh, I'm, I'm all. I want,
0: I want the Bengals to win, but my heart is telling me Rams. Okay, so you're going the Rams. I'm going the Bengals. You know, the, this is so much fun. There's so much stuff to bet on in the Super Bowl. You, you know, you bet the coin toss. Which color? Gatorade gets dumped on the winning coach, all kinds of things, and it's all over at FanDuel. So much fun. And, you know, next week, Sleeves, we got the Waste Management Phoenix, or the WM Phoenix Open yes, as it is known WM. as. WM Phoenix Open as it's known now. And we finish that up and we lead right into the Super Bowl. It's an incredible week. Um, what are how is how do you normally prefer to watch the Super Bowl? Uh this year, hopefully
1: just alive. Hopefully, just <laughs> somehow still alive after the week. But uh yeah, there's a little. We're going to have a little gathering, a little party after that uh, Sunday walk up the 18th fairway, get that thing done. It is a long week, but then it's going to go straight into the Super Bowl. And I mean, next year, it's going to be Super Bowl in Phoenix. So it's going to be a big time, big time week. But uh, I'll just be with some boys trying to recover. I'll probably have an IV attached to the arm at some point during the day. But uh, when it comes to gambling, I'll tell you one thing, I'm 100% betting, Colt. Over Cooper Cup receiving yards. Seems like <laughs> He's a people monster. have yet to figure out that this guy catches a lot of balls. Maybe key in on him. So I, don't, I know I'm loading. It could be 217 yards over under. i will be like over. So whatever it is, Love I'm going it. over.
0: Well, there's no better place to bet Super Bowl 56 than FanDuel Sportsbook. They're gonna have promotions for new and existing customers. Same game parlays when you can combine small bets for bigger wins. Tons of Super Bowl props and more. Don't miss your chance to turn five dollars into 280 dollars in cash. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code SUBPAR to make every moment more this Super Bowl. Again, that promo code is SUBPAR exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, New Jersey, or New York. New users only $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated off-market. Max bonus $280. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXTSTEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. All right, so ladies, we're on to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Not the best field. Got a lot of guys heading over to Saudi for a little cash grab. But Daniel Berger is your defending champion. We got uh, Patrick Cantley, highest ranked player in the field, only top ten player in the field to be exact. But let's stay hot, man. Let's let's stay focused. We're gonna get another win here soon for the boys. Want everybody to be stacking that cash with FanDuel. And please, I'm for my guy. I'm gonna go with a man who has an incredible record around Pebble Beach. Seems to top ten at every single time he tees it up here so I really do like a top 10 bet on this guy but as far as an outright winner I'm going Jason Day at 18 to 1 played really nice at the Farmers last week I think he keeps that rolling here at Pebble Beach
1: yes yeah, great to see Jay Day back in the mix down there at the Farmers don't hate that pick at all we know what the putter in the short game uh, and keep swinging it the way he did down there uh, it's not going to be long until he gets back in the winner circle love that bet I'm going a little further down the odds list for both of my picks. Normally do kind of like a favorite, you know, dark horse type of deal. I'm going right kind of tweener zone for both of these guys. First one I'm going to give you Cameron Tringali at 22 to one. Okay. So he finished seventh here last year. He's got good form around Pebble beach. He was third last week at Torrey pines and he's finished top seven in three of his last five starts. So his form is good. He just feels like Colt, one of those guys that just can't get over the hump. He's always there. He's quietly makes a ton of money every year on tour, quietly has a lot of top 20s, top 10s, things like that. Doesn't get a whole lot of pub because he never gets in the winner's circle. I just think eventually this guy's got to find his way in there because he gives himself too many chances to not get it done. And I think a place like this at uh, Pebble, where it's not, the like you said, not the strongest field in the history of golf is a great chance for that to happen. So first pick, Cam Tringali, 22
0: to one. And most money ever won without a win in PGA Tour history. So... I mean, he's going to get a win at some point.
1: Yes, that's a good record and a bad record to have. Yeah.
0: Yes. All right. For a, a dark horse, you know, we like to get this value here with FanDuel, trying to make you some extra money. And this guy's been playing unbelievable golf ever since he came on Golf Subpar. Went over to Hawaii, top 10 at both weeks. Had a couple weeks off now. I don't see why he doesn't contend. I'm kind of surprised by these odds, to be fair. I think Pebble Beach is a perfect place for him. Not the longest golf courses, small greens. He's a great putter. Kevin Kisner at 50 to
1: 1. Yes, would love to see Kizzy get in that winter circle. And you're right, dude. It is a great golf course for him. You don't have to overpower. You don't have to hit bombs. feel like this is a place where, where he could thrive. And that would be a very popular win for us here on Subpar, but also just for everybody out there that loves Kiz. For my second one, I'm going kind of in the same range as my first one. This guy is also very quietly playing some really good golf. Seamus Power is going yeah. off at 27 to 1. Dude, he's finished in the top 15. Top 15. And six of his last seven starts. I mean, he seems to always play well. He's always, you look on Sunday, you might not see him on the coverage a whole lot or see a whole lot of his shots, but the first second page of the leaderboard, mm-hmm. dude, he's there all the time. And I just feel like he is really trending quietly to to sneak up and start winning some golf tournaments. And he's won before, but like he just is playing. It's hard to play that well that many weeks in a row without like intending, getting yourself in the hunt. And I think
0: he I think he's got a really good chance of doing it this week with this field. I like it. Let's keep this thing rolling. We've been rather hot lately and I want to keep it going. Make want to make all you people out there a lot of money with FanDuel. Make sure you go download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get amongst it. By the way, I love all the guys, all the fans out here last week, farmers insurance yelling, get amongst it, birdie juice, all the stuff. Saw a couple birdie juice hats in the crowd, please. Yes. Next week, WM Phoenix Open. We're going to be there. Hopefully everybody comes up and says hi. But as always, thanks to everyone for listening. Had a lot of fun with Scott Stallings. Got another great episode coming to you next week with Hank Haney. You're not going to want to miss it. Everybody have a great week. And we'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.